You're listening to Linked AM. Tell your story on Linked Live and get noticed. You're listening to Carl Wolfenden on the Business Class Show and is not always affiliated with the guests and the topics discussed. Any financial statements are the opinions of the individual and you should seek professional advice before making any decisions. Upgrade your listening to Business Class, the show that puts you in the big leather comfy seats. So sit back and enjoy our take on the trending business issues of the week. Howdy, folks. Here he is, the Texas Brit, the guy with the stiff upper lip, filling his 10-gallon hat and his cowboy boots, Carl Wolfenden. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Linked AM. And um, I must admit, I am really excited about this next uh, guest because... um, the readers, listeners, viewers, because I've got all three, which is great, um, know that uh, actually technology and data is pretty close to my heart because at the end of the day when, when I'm doing a lot of uh, my, my real job, they call this a real job, uh, but well, my, my real job uh, is actually looking at data for, for our clients, etc., and uh, really understanding what that data is. I remember being in college, and uh, I used to, it used to be called data processing. And um, they, they used to say that data is only data, but then it turns into information. So that really got me. And um, as I say, my next guest is an author uh, of a book. Uh, and uh, his, his name is uh, Seth Early. And uh, he's the CEO uh, of Early Information Sciences, uh, EIS, and uh, actually the uh, author of um, The AI-Powered Enterprise. Uh, which uh, is a newly released book last week, and so so bef- well, with no more uh, sort of intro from from me, uh, Seth. Thank you for joining me this morning. A really pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, um, as as I just said, and you you, you most probably heard, you know, data and. Um, information is very very key and passionate to my heart because to mm-hmm. me you know without without data uh, you can't really predict things and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, uh, things are moving in different directions and that's what the book's all about isn't it mm-hmm. yeah it is and you know it, it tries to separate the uh, the noise and hype that's in the marketplace from the reality and really uh, tries to give executives a, a much clearer set of steps and roadmaps to uh, be able to take advantage of their data and take advantage of some of these emerging technologies. So um, I, I think you know part of the book is you know why does AI fail uh, when you <clears throat> because sometimes there's a, sustan- a su- substantial substantial I get it right someone one of these days I can speak today <laughs> substantial um, uh, sort of investment by companies mm-hmm. saying oh, yeah. I've got to have AI um, and they go and invest but then it doesn't doesn't do the job they want it to do and so there's potential right. of that happening isn't there yeah, absolutely. And especially in the last couple of years when when a lot of this stuff was still so very new to the enterprise and a lot of executives kind of, 
you know, bought the, uh, the, the, the snake oil, you know, they bought a lot of the, the vendor hype and, and the overpromised, uh, uh, you know, unrealistic expectations. And I think, you know, there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, part of it is that some of the vendors were, you know, selling things that they didn't understand, you know, the sale people and the, and the, uh, marketing organization, you know, had some concept, but they really didn't understand what it, what needed to happen to make these things successful. So I think there was a lot of, aspirational functionality. Um, I don't want to say the vendors lie, but uh, they have uh, functions that may not be there yet. And, uh, and, and they're, they're in the future. But, uh, but part of it is, is not understanding the technology, over-promising the technology. And then you hit the nail on the head at the start. It's the data. A lot of, his, a lot of times the data is more important than the algorithm. Right. And many times organizations don't have their, their data house in order. So that's one of the reasons. I mean, AI vendors will say, we have to train the AI, right? We don't have enough training data. We need more time to train it. Well, what do you train it with? You train it with data and information and high-quality assets. So you can't, you know, take <clears throat> a mess. You can't automate a mess, for one thing. So if you don't understand your process, AI is not going to help. And you can't, you know, automate things that you don't understand and that that uh, uh, have have poor data and and uh, and and you can't make up for your sins in data hygiene just with an AI tool. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get this stuff right. Well, they say garbage in, garbage out, don't they? they that, right. was, that was the words that, that we used to learn in college. And they say, mm-hmm. look, if you put stuff in, uh, it, mm-hmm. we talk about the, how intelligent these computers are, mm-hmm. which they are. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they can mm-hmm. process things millions of times faster than the human brain. But... Mm-hmm. If we're putting stuff in that doesn't make any sense, then the right. output is going to be garbage. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and the other piece of it is, you know, even if even if the data is not bad, you have to have the right data. It has to be in the right format and the right structure. And so once uh, I was doing a webinar with uh, some folks from a big consulting firm, I won't you know mention which one, and and the the executive in the run through uh, the the consultant in the run through was saying. Oh yeah, you just point the AI to all your data, and you know, and it and it figures things out. And I said, you know, that's something I'm probably going to debate with you on the webinar because my perspective is you always have to have context, right? You can't just point it to all the data. You know, we as humans are always looking for context, right? We look in a particular place for some certain information, and and we find our answers by understanding that context and. Uh, Computer technology is the same way. You can't just point it to all of the enterprise information and have it make sense, right? You have to be able to be very specific about the content and the data and the information and what tasks you're trying to support. What are the users trying to do? And what process, what part of the process are you trying to enable? So again, it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, generic promises uh, about this stuff and, oh, it's going to, you know, save humankind or at the other end of the spectrum, it's going to be the end of humankind, right? That's what people are saying, you know, rise of the machines. But, but you know, but there's very little that says, here's how you really need to deconstruct these processes and, and, and use AI in a very targeted fashion, very precise fashion. It doesn't outsource a whole job. It doesn't outsource a whole or, or, or take the part, uh, place of a, of a whole function or human it does pieces of tasks. It does individual things. And so you have to be very, very clear 
and what those use cases are and be able to understand the process that you're enabling. Again, you can't automate it if you don't understand it and you can't automate it if it's a mess. Well, I mean, we uh, I've always looked at it as uh, if you're going on a journey, you need to have a roadmap because you need to look where you're going to go and which, right. which road are you going to go on. And you've got to curate. By what, from what I'm hearing you say, you've got to go and start curating even before you implement. You can start mm-hmm. testing, but, if you, but you've got to curate those tasks and those, the, mm-hmm. those uh, um, sort of information sources. Information yeah. sources. And so right. it's like a cataloging right. it. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, when you th- when you start thinking about a good way to think about this is is <clears throat> the customer journey, right? A, a lot of times, organizations are saying, "Look, I need to see a return on investment for whatever it is I do." Especially these times when budgets are cut and you know the economy is going to be in a in a downturn. So people want to say, "Well, what's this going to do for us?" And in some ways, you have to make investments that won't necessarily have a clear ROI. They're foundational. But that said. The area to focus on is something along the customer journey. How do you, every customer, uh, every organization has a, a, a life cycle that their customer goes through. You know, it's learn about the product, and, you know, uh, uh, get the product, or make a selection, right? It's, there's different uh, life cycles. Learn, buy, get, use, pay, support is telecom. And each stage is supported by departments and processes. So when you look at those stages of the customer journey, you can measure the impact of something you're doing at, say, lead generation, for example, or conversions, or you know, uh, repurchases, or uh, you know, or uh, 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 or people, you know, promoting it on social media or saying positive things, right? Uh, uh, being being uh, uh, you know. Uh, ambassadors for your product if yep. you will right yes. so so you want all those things and you can measure each part of that process and what you're doing with ai is you're looking for the the stages that you can impact so for example lead prioritization in sales that's a big issue so you can use ai to help your salespeople focus on the right leads focus yep. on the right potential people who is going to be like who, who are likely to purchase my product out of the thousands of people I can call. Well, AI can help that process. It's not going to out it's not going to replace a salesperson, but it can make that salesperson more effective. So it's looking at each stage of that journey and saying how can I impact the metrics and and the conversions and you know the KPIs for that particular process. That's how we need to think about it. We can't think of it as you know the moonshot, the big giant moonshot. You know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, uh, you know cure cancer, right? That's MD Anderson. That was a big failure because it was too big. It was a it was a moonshot project, but they were able to do a lot of things that were an outcome of it, which was you know helping patient families find places to stay, you know, yeah. and 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 so on, or or finding other types of treatments. And but there, but it wasn't doing that big giant, you know. Uh, uh, vision of of being able to to replace doctors or, or replace diagnoses or do whatever they were trying to do it wasn't it did not treat patients you know so so again the, the issue here is that when we have these projects we have to be realistic about where we're going we have to build that roadmap it's great to have a vision but we have to get there incrementally and we do need to make sure that that data for each step of that process is available and and of good quality of sufficient quality a big problem is going from a lot of uh, POC types of projects, proof of concept, to production. Why is that? 
Well, because in a POC, it's a small data set. You know, you have a lot of control over the environment. Uh, but when you and you usually do a lot of work to fix the data and get it in shape. When you try to deploy, you don't have those same conditions, right? You don't have, you know, you can't operationalize that because it's a different environment. So a lot of times, you know, the big stumbling block is from from POC to production is the data and all the supporting processes. I, I love that. I mean, you you talk about taming inf information flows in the book, uh, and that yeah. and that's the that's the key. That's the key to it as well, isn't it? You, you've got yeah. you've got to you've got to look at where those flows are coming in from, but you've got to make sure that they're the right flows. That's right. And when you think about it these days, you talked about the importance of information. Uh, well, the way I look at it is, all organizations do is process information. All they do is take in information and they put information out. Even when you talk about a physical product, a physical product is made of a lot of information. I always like to hold up, I call this my magical device, my, uh, my, my iPhone. It's my magical device. My wife and I call it, look at your magical device. <laughs> this is made of sand, metal, and oil, all very cleverly arranged. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. So it's so, and and you look at a product today versus a product twenty years ago. There's more information in that product. There's more design. There's less material. So we take in information in terms of we don't we don't walk around with gold krugerrands, right? We don't walk around with bullion. We take in information in, in the form of 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 financial transactions, right? When we sell, that's all information. And then when we uh, have customer requirements, that's all information. We have market conditions or or or, uh, or competitive uh, issues those you know it's all about information and getting uh, those products out to market by enabling those information flows everybody's input is as a piece of information and everyone's output is information when you think about it in the organization so what we're trying to do is we're speeding up the flows of that information i like to say we're speeding up the information metabolism of the organization you can think of it from a biological metaphor because all we're doing is moving that information through the organization and 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 putting it out in the in the form of products and services and and digital uh, uh experiences yep. that are all comprised of information that's all we have so when you think about it if we can speed up those information flows and we can reduce the friction and the friction comes from people not being able to find things and not be able to get the answers they need and and recreating things right there's all these things that slow us down and ai can have an intervention at all of those friction points and gradually speed up the information flows which allows the organization to react to market conditions more quickly and competitive threats and customer needs and solving problems and so on that's what it is it's all about taking that information in and solving those problems and pushing that information out when a customer calls you they want information they want to solve a problem right and, and, you know, I look at call centers and I say, you know, you can make call centers more effective, but why are people calling in the first place? Right. They're calling because something's broken, right? So we can go upstream and fix those things using AI. So there's a lot of really interesting uh, ways of impacting the organization through through endless, endless mechanisms and, and incremental improvements to processes that add up to a big transformation, right? I think one of the problems that people have is that they're like, well, 
you know, where's the big, you know, aha, right? Where's the big giant, you know, takeaway from this? Where's my, you know, where's my artificial intelligence program that's going to solve all these problems? Well, it's not like that, right? People call me a party pooper because I say there's no magic, right? You have to solve that those problems. You have to fix the data. There's a lot of work. We just finished a project, a roadmap for somebody, and they said, you know, this just looks like a lot of work. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it is a lot of work. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That's what a lot of people, I think, perceive. I'm not saying that, you know, all CEOs or leadership, you know, just say, go and fix it <laughs> type yeah. of thing. They, I think well, they, they do. They, they, they do. They do. Um, but yeah. they don't. They, I think a lot of people, when they listen about artificial intelligence mm. and that, as you say, the hype that's been around it is mm. that it's going to be just a, a switch that you, you, mm -hmm. you plug the device into the server rack mm -hmm. and flick mm -hmm. the switch. And yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, no, and, it does not. And, no. And it's like anything. If you don't do preparation, like mm -hmm. today, uh, I, I read the book. Uh, I knew about you. I've got a little bit of background. I don't mm -hmm. know everything, but right. but right. I've got some background. But I had to do mm -hmm. preparation, or else right. this interview wouldn't have been as good right. as hopefully it will be. Well, right. Our listeners <laughs> will tell me that. They get emails later. But but it's it's like anything. It, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think we live in a world of people going instant gratification right. is the way forward not, i want to switch no, my magic device on it's not fast enough immediate gratification is just not fast enough exactly. that's right it is i want it yesterday and then yes. i want to find I want it before i know i want it that's right yeah. and yeah, so yeah. predictive learning yeah. is part yeah. of artificial intelligence that's right but you've that's right. got to try and and do the preparation work and people that's have just got to accept that that's right. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you say that it is about anticipating needs. It is about understanding what you want even before you want it. Right. Because, you know, you say immediate gratification is not fast enough. That's true. Don't don't make me look, you know, anticipate my need and solve my problem before I ask for it. And that really like think of the best salesperson you've ever worked with, you know, at a, like a, you know, clothing store or wherever, you know, somebody you really like. They know you, they know your tastes, they know your needs, they know your budget. They'll call you when they have something that they know you'll like and you'll take that call and you'll come in and you'll and you love it because it's like this person understands you, you trust them, they're giving you what you want, they're providing value. That's what every relationship should be like with every enterprise. And, and AI has the promise to be able to do that one day. But it does require all of that preparation work. It does require all of that foundational work of understanding those users, yep. right? You can't. You can't anticipate their needs if you don't know them and you don't know what those needs are. Right? Uh, we, so we, 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 have a pro, we have a program that we put our clients through called Race to the Start Line. And not mm -hmm. to the finish, okay. to the start line. Yep. And, yep. It's, and it's all about you know, preparing because right. the, the, the customer, you talk about the customer journey, has completely yep. changed. The sales yes. process isn't the sales process anymore. It's the purchaser yep. process. Because the right, purchaser right. Right. is actually doing the research. They're, they're, right. in, they're in control. Absolutely. And if you're yep. not in front of the, the customer before they've even decided they want to buy it, right. you'll never right. know. And I think AI That's is a right. big area of that. That's right. And when you think about what, organ what customers are doing, that experience of finding their answers, 
is what it's all about, yep. right? They, we can't sell them, as you say. They're going to educate themselves and they're going to arrive at a decision by getting the information and by, by working with organizations that know them, that anticipate their needs, that recognize those needs, that provide the value. And for every organization, they, they need to know their customer really well so that they can build their applications and their offerings that fit the mental model of the user. In other words, I come into this uh, site and I, I have this problem and here's how I think about this problem. Here's how I go about solving it. Now, if you know that, you can help me with that journey. You can help surface the information I need, but you need to know what that is. And so when you even look at that research process, that discovery process where, where customers are out there looking for those solutions, <clears throat> if they go to your site and you correctly anticipate how they think about their problem, you will win because you'll be able to give them the information they need when they need it. Yep. If you don't understand that and you're giving them too many menu choices or you're using terminology they don't understand or things are not intuitive and it doesn't make sense to them, they'll just move on, yep. right? They'll just click to the next, the next site or the next place. So it's incredibly important. And just like even two organizations selling exactly the same thing. If you think of a retail environment, you walk into those stores, they're going to have a different character, right? They're going to, the signage will be different. The way it's organized will be different. And it appeals to a particular customer. You walk into, you know, a Wegmans versus a Whole Foods, it's a different experience, yep. right? And, 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 and if you like one of those experiences, that's what you're going to go to. Now think of the same thing on a website. When we go to a website, if they understand our way of thinking and they appealed and they and, and they appeal to that way of thinking and they organize their information in a way that resonates with that customer, they may sell the exact same items as another company, but they're gonna win. Yep. Because they understand how to present that information. They understand the user's mental model and how they go about solving the problem and looking for information. That's why use cases and scenarios are so important and so many organizations just skip that step they do we, they do yeah and, they i do. mean what you just explained was i i i went through a a, a sort of a, a time of period where i learned flow and and mm -hmm. and, and the, the 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 methodology of flow if you can get somebody in in that same mindset and you get them you move them through that journey then mm -hmm. but as you say you've got to understand that that they're meant right. that they're what they're looking for that's right. That's right. You have to be able to do it in a way that's un that's intuitive to them. Yes. And what's intuitive to them, it may not be intuitive to someone else. Right. Right. But knowing that customer and tailoring to what they understand and how they think about stuff, that's why, again, it's, you know, I, I was working on a project with a company and they said, you know, we don't have time for you to talk to the users. Like, okay, <laughs> well, there's a certain amount you can do unencumbered by user requirements, right? <laughs> but it's only going to get you so far, yep. right? Because you really have to talk to people and understand how do they go about their day-to-day -day work? How do they go about finding the information they need? How do they go about locating the experts that they need and, and solving those problems? And again, users in any type of uh, e-commerce situation or in any kind of website where they're wayfinding, they're looking for information, they're trying to find their answers. Those are the people that you need to appeal to by understanding that mental model and those steps and keeping them in that flow 
as they're looking for information, making it intuitive, surfacing the choices that are going to resonate with them, and so on. And you can make, that's when it becomes a delightful experience, right? Yes. And, and understanding those users and modeling them and modeling their journey and being able to orchestrate the information that you're surfacing to them, the right content, the right images, the right terminology, the right tone, everything can be facilitated by AI. And AI can do that, but it doesn't do it in a vacuum. It doesn't do it unencumbered by user requirements. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, well, yeah. Seth, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our segment. But um, so the, the book that I read, and as I say, I ingested it because it, mm -hmm. it hit all the buttons that I wanted to mm, understand. Great. So, so just in quick summary, what, what, what made you write the book and, mm -hmm. and sort of what are the takeaways you think that the reader is going to get? Sure. So I'm, I wrote this. There's a lot of books that are very deep in the weeds that get into the heavy computer science and, and, and uh, information engineering. And that's deep in the weeds, and you know you need mathematics and you know machine learning algorithms and so on. There's also a lot of stuff at the at the thirty thousand foot level that says you know all the arm wavy stuff. It's going <clears> to <throat> increase profits and reduce costs and blah 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 blah. Right? It's better than the uh, projects that are going to uh, increase costs and reduce profits. Right? Every vendor you know, right. has the mother of an apple pie. Right? Yeah. Thanks. So it's going to go the other way. But but the point is that what do you actually have to do? To make to get it right and to make these sustainable and to do this in in a in a timeline that provides value for the organization and gets them to that end state or that that future state. There's no end state really, but it's making it uh, uh, very practical. It's 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 a a, a practical hands-on, lots of um, checklists and lots of of different models and lots of principles that you can apply. You know today. So I tried to make it very practical. I tried to, and the, and you don't have to be doing AI to get value from that book. That book is about information management, uh, in, in from a bigger picture perspective. Everything from, you know, uh, understanding those users to building out governance programs and basing it on data and metrics and getting away from people's opinions and doing everything, really being a data-driven organization and making data-driven decisions. So it's great for executives who need to understand those big picture principles, and it's really good for the practitioners who need to execute. So I've really tried to bridge the gap between those two ends of the spectrum. I love that. Well, Seth, I mean that that is absolutely fantastic. I mean the the the, the energy you have in terms of uh, of of the passion behind it. Obviously, you are a subject matter expert in this in this realm. I'm going to put the link to the book and also a link to your company uh, onto mm. the website, and so that we can uh, really get the viewers, listeners, and uh, and readers to uh, get a better understanding. But I appreciate you spending the time with me because it's been a pleasure having this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. I really enjoyed it. This has been a lot of fun.